The following podcast has been classified as insanely lucrative. Listener discretion is advised. If you do not have those for whatever reason, you're probably going to get denied initially. And that's happened to me. And I'm going to talk about how you can get around this as well. Your attention, please, please. Listening to the AMPM podcast may cause recurring revenue streams and unfair, unfair advantages over your competitors. Other side effects may include better wallets, fired bosses, and longer vacations. Listen at your own risk. Here's your host, seven-figure entrepreneur and online marketing madman, Manny Coates. Manny Coates. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the AMPM podcast. My name is Manny Coates, and I will be your host. And this is the show where we talk about all things Amazon, specifically private label, but more importantly, how to generate recurring revenue streams 24 hours per day during the AM and the PM, hence the name of the show, AM PM podcast. As a matter of fact, I have been dealing with Seller Central. I just got rejected decline denied about five times in a row for brand registry and while i was reading these declination emails i was making money how cool is that pretty cool i think that actually did happen i got denied about five times in a row and i wanted to make a very quick podcast on brand registry and maybe give people a little bit more insight as to why you want it and uh, something big that's gonna be coming up regarding brand registry, as well as uh, my process and not giving up. So if you don't know what brand registry is, this means you're brand new and I'm gonna give you a very quick rundown of it and then we're gonna get into a little bit more advanced uh, topic uh, related to brand registry. But brand registry allows you to go into Amazon and essentially tell them that you are the brand owner of this particular brand, right? You came up with a brand name and you wanna protect it, okay? And by protecting it, what brand registry actually does is it locks your your product, the product listing page, so that only you can edit it. Okay. If you don't have brand registry and somebody decides to counterfeit your product, right? They find who your supplier is and they can get a generic version of it. They can very easily say that they've got the same product, go onto your listing, drop the price that they're selling it at uh, below yours, get the buy box, and then they can go in and they can edit the listing. That means they can change the images, they can change the title, the descriptions, and it's a terrible thing. Terrible thing to happen. You go in and you're like, why is my listing completely different? This just recently happened to me on one of my brands that I never really considered doing brand registry for. And uh, I looked at it and saw that there was some misspellings that I'd never put in there and it was just weird and all my images were missing. So anyways, today I went in and I, uh, I made sure that everything got brand registered. Uh, but going back to the brand registry, um, yeah, you, you absolutely want that. It's the first step to protecting your listing. It does not keep people from jumping on your listing and selling, right? These are hijackers, as we call them. But that is a whole different podcast, the whole hijacking thing. We're talking about brand registry. If you want to know about hijackers, though, I actually covered this in detail in a few of my podcast episodes. You can go back to episode number 12. Man, that's going way back to January. That was like one month after I actually started the podcast, I believe. So episode 12 uh, talks about hijackers. I also did a Q&A session uh, in episode 55 about hijackers. And then a really, really good episode was episode number 65, where I interview private label lawyer Susie Hickson on how to protect your brand from hijackers. And we go into a lot of information at that episode. But anyways, you want to uh, get your brand registered. And there's a couple real easy ways of doing that. You can 
First of all, you're going to need a website. Okay. The website can be super simple. My websites go like this. I essentially have a single page. That's it. Okay. And at the top, I have a few links and one of them is obviously the homepage. The second one is about us. Okay. And if you click that, all it does is it scrolls down the page a little bit and it just says a little bit of information about the brand. Okay. Who we are and what we do. Um, at the very top of the page, I have the images of the product on Amazon. So if I have two products under that brand, there'll be two square boxes with the images in there and a button below it that says buy now. And if you click it, it takes you to the Amazon listing page. And then at the very bottom of the page, I have a contact us uh, form. Okay. And I also have the address of the company that Amazon has listed. You have to make sure it matches up. Either you have to have an address or a phone number or both, and you put that on there. Okay. And then that's it. That's the extent of the website. It's probably, I don't know if it's super important to have the domain match. I try to get it to match. And um, if for some reason you can't get a .com version of that, then use a .net or put a dash in there. But you're just trying to get the brand registry set up. That's all you need the website for. Unless you're trying to set up, you know, like a Shopify store or something like that. But that's a whole different thing. The single page website, like I just I just described, can be set up, you know, in a matter of minutes if you have a, a basic template. Okay, so once you have that page, then you're just going to go to Amazon, to Seller Central. And there is a link. If you do use their help section, there's a link to submit your application for brand registry. And it's fast. It takes like two minutes to fill out. Okay. You're going to need to put in your brand. Okay. You're going to be putting in the website. You're going to be uploading a couple images. They're going to require two different types of images. One, which shows your product brand in the packaging and another one that shows the product with the branding on that product. Usually they want to see it. It's either printed on the product or it's in embossed, right? It's, it's been engraved into the product uh, in some way. And then if you do not have those for whatever reason, you're probably going to get denied initially. And that's happened to me. And I'm going to talk about how you can get around this as well, because sometimes you guys know this, there's certain products where it's very, very difficult to actually get your, your logo on it. You know, you don't want to print something. You don't want to print your logo on this particular product. It just doesn't work. As an example, let's say that you're selling contact lenses, right? You could have packaging that shows your brand, but you're not going to print your logo on a contact lens. It doesn't make sense. I'm using an extreme example, right? But there's going to be scenarios where it doesn't work. If you can't actually get your logo on the product, most likely you'll be denied. But what you have to do is you have to convince Seller Central that you can't put the logo on there for whatever reason. And a lot of people just give up. They submit the get declined. Just this morning, I got declined like five times in a row. And what you're going to notice is that every single time you get declined, okay, and then you reopen the case and submit again, you get a different person that looks at it, right? I think I was dealing with Rakesh and then Vinesh and all these different people. I don't remember the names now, but you're going to get somebody different. So even if you use the same email and you send it in over and over and over again, eventually you're probably going to get somebody that will approve it as long as you have explained things sufficiently. Now, what I've learned that works with Seller Central when you're or when you're dealing with support is to try to keep your emails short. Okay, just imagine the supplier or sorry, the the uh, customer service, they're getting tons of emails, right? And when they see a big novel that comes through, when you're trying to make your point and you've got four paragraphs, they don't even want to read that stuff. They're probably going to click the automated button, the form that, and we've all seen this where it's clear that they didn't even read what you wrote and you get declined again. So resist the urge of doing that. 
just simplify it down to exactly what they need to know. Okay. Don't go into any kind of uh, tangents where you're trying to explain uh, too many things. So when I got declined, uh, the first time they said the website was the first thing. They said that my address or my phone number wasn't on there. And it was, it was down at the bottom. So I took a screenshot of that with a big arrow and I submitted it back and I said, actually it is on my website. Then they came back, declined it and said that the product itself did not have the logo on the actual product. The packaging seemed to be fine, but the product itself didn't. So then I replied back stating that I didn't have the logo on there for X reasons. Got declined again. So I shortened it down uh, a little bit more and I actually took a picture of the product and zoomed in and I explained again that by adding my logo to the product, it would actually damage the product and I wouldn't be able to sell it. Okay. I left a few declines in there. I'm trying to get through this, but essentially that last email worked. Okay. It was, I think the fifth person that actually got to it um, approved and says, congratulations, you're approved. So my point in this is that don't give up. Keep trying to submit stuff and eventually you'll, you'll get it uh, to go through. Uh, there's somebody in our group that just responded to one of the posts that we've made there. And I believe he said it took him 20 times to finally get something approved. 20 times. Actually, let me look up the name. I'm going to give credit where credit is due. There it is. Yeah. David Goldstrom. 20 times, he said, before he finally got it through. It happens, right, guys? Just keep pushing and it'll eventually get through. One of the cool benefits of actually getting brand registry is that you no longer need to use UPCs uh, to list new products. You can start using things like manufacturing part number or model number. Depends on a category that you select as to what you can use. That helps you there as well. And then more importantly than all of this is that brand gating, right? The ability to actually lock your brand is coming to uh, sellers. I'm going to be talking about that in detail here in a in an upcoming podcast. And you're going to need brand registry in place in order to make that happen. So, uh, guys, you need to get brand registry, I think, uh, on all your products, right? You don't need a trademark. You don't need any of that to get it going. It helps if you have a trademark because that is one of the fields that they ask is to upload trademark uh, documentation if you have it, but you don't need it. All right, guys, that's it. You've been listening to the AM PM podcast hosted by Manny Coates. For more information, insider, insider tools, tools, and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit ampmpodcast.com.